the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Hour number two is underway now at 8 minutes past 10 o'clock. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. Uh, it is Tuesday, and hour number two on a Tuesday normally brings us Kersenau. The dulcet tones and the deep wisdom of Peter Kersenau, however, will not be gracing uh, your radio today, as he does have uh, a couple of other work obligations. He is going to be with us tomorrow, however, so Wednesday Kersenau is on its way. That means this hour is wide open for you on this 22nd morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. I certainly welcome your phone calls and I welcome your opinions. And you don't have to, by the way, I'm, I'm, the message line, I was playing the different um, responses from callers when I asked you to tell me who you would support for the Republican nomination in 2024. Would it be Ron DeSantis? Because there are straw polls going out at little state-by-state conventions right now. Uh, even though it's still three years away, and uh, would you support DeSantis? Would you support a, re- support a return for Trump to be at the top of the ticket? Would you support somebody else? And we get a, got a lot of great messages coming in at 216-525-1806. But please know that you don't have to stay there for this. You can call live right now to 216-9010945 with your answer to that question as well. We also spoke with Landry Simmons, uh, who is a candidate for mayor of the city of Cleveland. Very impressive man. I have a lot of respect for what I heard, and uh, I think he's a man, uh, you know, of deep convictions. He believes what he says. He's not a politician. He's not a guy who's going to sell you a bill of goods. He is very, very deep and genuine from what I can gather thus far, and uh, I don't think it's even close. I don't know if there's one person on that city council, or beg your pardon, I don't know if there's one person on that mayoral candidate list, including those on city council, that I have a lot of respect for. I have a real serious problem with a lot of them, and uh, I, I think the city of Cleveland, really, it's time for a change. How many years in a row do you have? This is an old adage, an old you know, uh, uh, cliche, I guess, but 
how many years in a row do you have to keep doing the same exact thing and expect different results? Remember, that's the definition of insanity. The same leadership, the same far-left thinking leadership that you have in the city of Cleveland and and in so many other major urban centers that are among the worst for crime in America, that are among the worst for uh, per capita income for the residents in America. They're all the same. They're all the same. It's like somebody made a cookie cut out of a city, an urban center, and said, here's how to destroy it. And uh, Cleveland follows it along every single step of the way. Isn't it time for something different? Isn't it time for a change? It really is. And I liked what I heard from Landry Simmons. Okay, uh, to the phone calls. Let's go to uh, TJ who wants to talk about Landry Simmons in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, Bob, you know, I think Cleveland's got one last chance to get this right, and I totally support Landry Simmons. Uh, You know, I live in the South Hills neighborhood. I've been here for 40 years, and this was a fine neighborhood in Cleveland. Recently, uh, we're experiencing stuff we never experienced in the past. I'm talking gunshots in the middle of the night, carjackings. My God, two weeks ago on the near west side on Fulton, eight people shot at one party. And, I mean, this is becoming like an every-other-day occurrence. Uh, Something's got to be done. The present leadership and the council and stuff and all has done nothing. It's, It's time for a change. Uh, and, and don't take it from me, Bob. I live right down the street from, uh, what the heck, uh, I can't, it escapes my name now. The, I used to be president of the union, Steve Loomis. You know, he can tell you what's happening to our neighborhood overnight, how they tied the uh, hands of the police. I mean, enough is enough. And I think people are going to realize you can have nice metro parks and lakefronts and uh, sports teams, but if you ain't got safety and security, you know, in your neighborhood, you got nothing. That's right. And, and, and one one quick thing, like with DeSantis and, and Trump, I totally support either one. But, you know, I know three and a half years is a lifetime in politics. In my perfect world, I would like to see Trump one, run for a congressional seat in Florida. The Republicans take the Congress back next year, and Trump becomes Speaker of the House. And then let's see what this landscape looks like in 2024. Now, that would be my perfect world. Well, you know, it would be something, TJ, and thank you, my friend, for the call. Um, It would be something to see how Joe Biden and Kamala Harris dealt uh, with a Trump-led House as opposed to a Pelosi-led House. That would be something if you ran literally next year for for uh, for Congress in Florida and then uh, was elected Speaker. That would be something. I don't know if I can ever imagine it happening. That's one of the things that makes me smile so uh, so so big and wide. I have to check myself and say, ah, oh, relax a little bit. That'll never happen. I just don't think it will. But it would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, by the way, to to the point that I was making about Landry Jones or with Landry Jones rather about the city of Cleveland and uh, the homicides in 2019, there were 123 homicides. All but 21 of them were black on black crimes. In 2020, there were 189 homicides. That's an increase of 76. All but 23 were black-on-black crimes. This year, we are starting off on a pace that's even higher than that. The streets of Cleveland are not safe to be in. Period. Period. And I say that not because I wish bad things on the city of Cleveland, because as Cleveland goes, so goes Northeast Ohio economically. Population is shrinking. People are fleeing that city. And I can't tell them not to. And it's not white flight either. 
It's not white flight. It's not fear of living in black neighborhoods, but it is fear of, of, you know, gun violence. And the gun violence, yeah, I hate when the Democrats use that word because they think that they, they want to make it seem like the guns are jumping out of people's cars and firing indiscriminately. No, they're being held by very dangerous people, in large part gang members. And they're driving people out of Cleveland. And Cleveland police are helpless to stop it. Because of the consent decree that they signed, that's why when Landry Simmons said he's uh, uh, totally against the consent decree that the city of Cleveland agreed to with the Obama Justice Department, you know, it's just devastating to the people of Cleveland. It's not the cops that get hurt, it's the people that get hurt. And that's why maybe it's time to listen to a cop who understands this. The guy's been on the streets for 25 years. I don't know. I find it very, very disturbing. Um, Tracy is in Strongsville, also wants to talk about Landry Simmons. Hi, Tracy, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm, I'm wonderful. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I, loved, I loved Landry. I immediately went and looked at his Twitter. It's private. <laughs> so if he wants to get his message out, he's going to have to, unfortunately, take a page right out of Trump, or fortunately take a page right out of Trump's playbook. He needs to open up his social media. He needs to beat his drum loud. That's going to take some money, obviously, but... He's not going to get any help from the media. He's definitely going to have to take it to the streets and be loud. That's his, how website, we have his website, just for your information, so you can maybe look him up there since you were interested, is LandrySimmonsJr.com. The junior is just J-R, not spelled out. So LandrySimmonsJr.com. I just want everybody to know so you can kind of see a little bit more. But, yeah, I agree. He's going to have to open up his Twitter. Uh, it does say that, that his tweets are protected. Uh, he's going to have to do that clearly and uh, and get his message out there. I hate having to use these leftist platforms to advance his um, you know his campaign, but you're right. He does need to be seen by more people. Well, Bob, one more thing. I'm all for Trump or DeSantis. Preferably, I would like DeSantis because I think there's just so much visceral hatred for Trump. They'll use it against him. But I love what TJ said. That was probably one of the most genius things I've ever heard. I hope that happens. I hope he runs for a seat down in Florida and DeSantis runs in 2024. Yeah, it, that would be something amazing if try. Well, like I said, for if even forgetting about DeSantis twenty four, just seeing the second two years of the Biden term uh, marred by a, a Speaker of the House Donald Trump, that would be something. Although uh, I can't really imagine what would happen if Biden actually held in twenty twenty three a State of the Union address. And Donald Trump would have to stand there and announce to the joint session, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States, and here comes Joe Biden marching down the aisle. Can you imagine Donald Trump saying that and having that role, which is what is required of the speaker? No, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think that'll happen because I don't think Joe is going to make it very many more months with his cognitive (laughs) abilities. I think he could barely stand as it is. So I think it'll be going to to Kamala personally, which is even more scary in my opinion. That I agree. Possibly might to the car. Yeah, I agree. It is scarier, uh, you know. And and what's really funny about that? And thank you for the call, uh, Tracy. What's really funny about that is. A lot of people, myself included, said that when Joe Biden was run by the Democrats, you know, ah, this is the Trojan horse. He is just going to get in there and be the placeholder. And as soon as he gets into office, he'll serve a year, maybe two. Then they'll say he's got decline. He's got this. He's got that and cannot effectively serve. And then they'll hand it to their dream, uh, socialist Kamala. And she's a socialist. But after what I have seen from Kamala in the first six months of her vice presidency, I think they'd be terrified to hand the reins of power over to her. She's an idiot. 
he may be a cognitively declining old coot. She's just dumb. How somebody this dumb rises to the level of of secretary, or excuse me, of attorney general of the state of California, much less a senator from the state of California, is something of a mystery, I guess. I mean, it's not that much. We've seen a lot of dumb people in highly elected positions before, but she's just dumb. And we know she's dumb every time she is asked a question and she has no answer for it. Rather than talking her way through the answer, she just does that stupid blanking giggle. And and when she, we hear that stupid blanking giggle of hers, you know she's been stumped. She's got nothing to say. So she's going to laugh because it's the best way just to kind of move on from that <laughs> and let's go somewhere else. She's just dumb. And I can't imagine them wanting to hand the reins over to her now, even when Biden is declared to be incompetent to continue, if you will. Okay, uh, Ron is in uh, Grafton. Hey, Ron, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. I'm sitting here laughing at this idea of Trump in the Senate. It just broke me. In the House, you mean? In the House. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I can visualize him. Believe it or not, remember when Nancy Pelosi tore up the document? I can visualize him making paper airplanes and throwing it into the audience. <laughs> I mean, that would be just such a riot. But he would—that would make politics. He'd, he'd, you know what he would probably do, though? Fun. He would—he would probably just sit back there, and every time she uh, he said something, uh, whether it be Harris or, or or Biden, he would just you know mouth you know the really big over exaggerative way that he does with his facial expressions. He would just mouth the words yeah. wrong, it, you know, like you see on Twitter, uh, like you do, see on social media memes where he's going wrong like he did in the debates. He would just mouth the words wrong back there. <laughs> anyway, I, I call for a different reason. One was uh, I'm sitting here listening to, to Schumer um, trying to pass this S-1 bill, and he just spoke nothing but lies when he was talking about it. And I'm sitting there going, what is wrong with these people in government that they can't get up there and call out lies for what they are? Why wouldn't McConnell get up there and say that was an absolute lie? There was no armed insurrection. There were no arms ever found on January 6th. And that's only the start of it. The whole thing is making voting more difficult. Bunk. It's easier with these new laws. But That's right. Anyway. Including in Georgia. That bill, that bill is just making it so easy to cheat. It's ridiculous. And if they go step by step and saying... Here's what makes it easy to cheat in this bill. And boom, boom, boom. And just call out the lies. You know, flat out just this is a lie. And instead of just putting out another spiel. Um, the other thing is, um, oh, my preference. Uh, DeSantis is a shoe-in. And I think with uh, Pompeo running as vice president, you're, you're looking at 12 years of Republican rule. And that's my thought, and I'm sticking with it. What uh, before you go, my friend? Um, you you are you still there, Ron? Yeah. Okay. I thought I heard a click. Uh, you're going with Pompeo as a vice president, which I cannot disagree with. I love the guy, but I don't know if he necessarily has enough support. He's he's a little controversial. He's a little bit polarizing to some, not to me. I love him, like I said. But because of that, what are your thoughts of Christy Nome as number two on the ticket with Ron DeSantis to reach out to the women voters? Uh, I'm all for it. The only thing with Pompeo, I, I tend to agree with you about, and what I see in Pompeo also is he's he's cardboard. 
he, he there's no real emotion in the way he speaks. So yes, very flat. That would make it difficult for him to be a, a real politician. But you're right, Christy Nome or uh, even Nikki Haley. I I haven't seen, heard much from her lately. But you're right. Uh, we probably need a female vote or a female yeah. uh, vice president just for right. the female vote. Yeah, and not just but, for that, because I, yeah, and, and, I, and I would, for me, and thank you, Ron, I appreciate the call, my friend, I'll get out of here, swing it to a break, but for me, it's, I'm not suggesting Nikki Haley or, or, or Christy Noem just because they're females. They're brilliant females, particularly Christy Noem. I love what she has done as governor of her state, just like I love what Ron DeSantis has done for governor of his state. I would want her for her expertise, but I'm just saying that it certainly would not hurt to have a female in that role as well. Not just a token female, but a real tremendous uh, asset to the ticket, which I think Christy Noem would be, first and foremost. Mike Pompeo is brilliant. Every time I hear that man speak, I feel smarter. Okay? I do. I, but he's, he doesn't have that emotion and that energy that you kind of think of when it, when it, what it's going to take to be a, a candidate for president or vice president. But I think Mike Pompeo would be terrific if he were just to be reappointed to the Secretary of State's position. I love the State Department under Mike Pompeo when Trump was president, and it would be great if DeSantis would name him to the same post. Okay, 1024. Sorry for the long segment. We'll come right back after this. Yes, Bob. For your poll, I think uh, Ron DeSantos is the better choice because I think the left has done such a good job of destroying Trump's reputation that it'd be so difficult for him to run and win. Thanks. All right, there we go. That's another vote. That's another vote for DeSantis, I should say. Uh, but we'll keep those coming in and updated as we go. Let's go to uh, West Park. Diane, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Thank you. I am going to put in a plug for Donald Trump. Um, in my opinion, nothing is more important to the uh, to to our republic right now than the threats that are coming in from China, Russia, and Iran. And I don't believe there is any man on the planet more um, capable, and he has and proven to be capable in foreign affairs than Donald Trump. Right now, I think we need the best governors that we can keep in place and get into place to handle the more local issues that threaten us, such as the, um, you know, the all the culture crap that's going on with the schools. Sure. We need election integrity. That's on a statewide level. Um, local and state economies. That can be all done by the governors and local. Donald Trump is the man for the foreign, for the foreign, I don't know, what's the word? Well, foreign the policy. Foreign, foreign policy is kind of the way it's yes. just described when you're dealing Thank with, with international uh, issues. Um, here's what I would say, Diane, and you make a very good point, because um, he has proven to be, and thanks for the call, you know, tremendous in his decision-making as it pertains to the, you know, for example, the, the Iran nuclear deal, the Paris Climate Accord, the Chinese uh, uh, trade deficit, all of the things we have had to deal with. But again, my suggestion, and the reason we have this poll, is not that Donald Trump would eject himself from the Republican Party and Republican policy. 
that Donald Trump would be helping guide that policy from behind the throne. America first means America first. He coined it, and he lived it for four years, despite all of the obstacles. What I want in 2024 is for somebody to not only come up with the policies and live the policies, but somebody who doesn't face the obstacles because he's not going to draw the same level of scrutiny, condemnation. Let me put it to you another way. Another Trump term in 2024, if it were to happen, would be guaranteed a minimum of two more impeachments. Guaranteed. Make no mistake about it. That's what they would do. I don't know that the country is best served with that. However, a Ron DeSantis presidency, for example, with Donald Trump guiding policy, working very closely with the then president, you know, would be president, uh, same policies toward foreign countries uh, and foreign policy, same uh, economic principles, same belief in, uh, you know, MAGA, same belief in, in all of the culture and everything else that we're dealing with, uh, securing our border, sovereignty, and so on and so forth. I, I feel like without the threats of impeachment, without the threats of, you know, all, all of the other attacks that had been levied against President Trump, I think it just may be more effective. Now, obviously, if Donald Trump is, becomes our nominee, then it's full steam ahead. Let's go do that. Um, but I think right now there's a lot of Americans who probably do have not so much Trump fatigue as a previous caller brought it up, but the Trump criticism fatigue. We're tired of what they do to the guy. And we're tired of having to fight that fight and defend. They're still telling the Charlottesville lie. The Charlottesville very fine people lie. They're still telling that on, on, on uh, liberal TV. So I think a lot of us are just fatigued with having to correct this about that and to stop the same nonsense over and over and over again. I think maybe the same mindset with the fresh blood and without the warts, if you will, and the target-rich environment that Donald Trump creates for the left-wing media, maybe that's just the way to go. And I think that's why Ron DeSantis is winning most of these straw polls right now. Okay, right back with more of your calls after this. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Yes, uh, Bob, about your straw poll, um, in my mind, at least now, I would like to see Ron DeSantis unquestionably at the top of the ticket. He is a rock star. Uh, He knows how to do it, and he doesn't have the baggage and he doesn't have the, he's got the personality um, that we need at the top of the ticket that has, that can get us a farther reach across the country. Trump never rose above a certain percentage of the American public, and I don't think he ever will. Thank you. Hi, I'm calling about your survey between Trump and DeSantis. Trump, Trump. Trump, all the way. He's been through it once. He knows what to look out for now. He knows the pitfalls, and he'll be a great president again. And while we're at it, why don't you start talking up the fact that President Trump will be in Wellington this coming Saturday. Saturday, Wellington, Lorain County Fairgrounds. Get it out. Thank you. Hi, Bob. This is Scott. I would like to see President Trump at the top of the ticket and possibly DeSantis as VP although that could be determined at a later date. 
I believe Donald Trump has the ability to fight the way fight needs to be done. And I'm not so sure Don, Ron DeSantis would be able to fight as, as hard as Donald Trump. And I believe that Donald Trump got things done in an incredible way on a national and worldwide basis. I think he could build on that. If Ron DeSantis could come in and follow up with eight more years of leadership. Yes, Bob, this is for your poll. I think uh, Ron DeSantos is the better choice because I think the left has done such a good job of destroying Trump's reputation that it'd be so difficult for him to run and win. Thanks. Bob is right. DeSantis is eminently qualified, and he just doesn't have all the baggage that Trump has. So I have to say DeSantis. 2024, I want Ron DeSantis all the way. Thank you. So uh, they just keep coming, and I absolutely love the arguments that are being made on all sides, because I'll be honest with you, I think we are extraordinarily well served either way. But from the fatigue factor that we talked about, I do think, and like I said, the fact that the left is so apoplectic, there's something about Trump that generates that TDS that, again, it, it just it stops the entire machine sometimes. I mean, it just, the, the, the political machine, the media machine, the, the, there's something about him, about his persona, about the way he talks, the way he tweets, that the media goes crazy on. And part of me wants to see Trump get back in just to torture them for another four years. It would be amazing. But from a Trump voter standpoint and a Trump supporter standpoint and a MAGA hat wearer, etc., we then have to fight all of the lies, the constant lies. Not that they won't lie about Ron DeSantis, the way they lied about George Bush, the way they lie about any Democrat or Republican, rather, whether it's Ted Cruz. They're going to lie about everybody, but there's a different level when it comes to Donald Trump that they rise to. And uh, I think that might be why Ron DeSantis is winning the majority of these straw polls that are going on around the country right now at various Republican conventions. Okay, let's go back to uh, the phones and Middleburg Heights. Dan on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Dan, go ahead. Yeah, to follow up on uh, you know Trump, DeSantis, uh, uh, the way our country's going right here, we can't wait for him to be president in 2024. You've got to think out of the box, and somebody mentioned him getting him in the into the Congress, yeah, or him running for Congress, or he can run for the Senate and become a senator, which is a six-year term. However, now if if we if the Republicans control the House and the Senate, now you'll have Trump as a leader, and now you turn around before 2024 and impeach Biden and Harris so they don't get in and let Jim Jordan, if for instance, <laughs> if he was Speaker of the House, he could be president for the next two years until Trump runs. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, there are a lot, and thank you. you. You know, a lot of people have thrown those kind of things out there. Let Trump go into the Senate. Let Trump go into the House. I think it's probably more likely the House because he doesn't have to win the whole state of Florida. He would just have to win a district there, if, uh, you know, uh, where Mar-a-Lago is. I don't know what district it is or who the current representative is. But he, it would probably be easier to get into the House and then and then establish him in a leadership position there than it would be the Senate. Uh, and, and I think just by having the Speaker's position, he would be as dangerous to the left almost as he could be in the white house 
almost not exactly the same but to to you know to then count on the impeachment of Biden and Harris because it would be two different trials you'd have to find something impeachable first of all and that's not something that the you know the right generally does the way the left does trying to find a reason to impeach um and that's a funny thing and and uh, I'll always remember going back to before Donald Trump was even elected, the left was talking about impeaching him. Before he won the election, they had planned to impeach him. Right after he won and was inaugurated, the Washington Post printed the headline, The Effort to Impeach Donald Trump Begins Now. This is literally the day of the inauguration. That's how they live. That's how they act. That's what they do. I don't think that we do. And I don't think they're going to go out there and just say, okay, let's find impeachable things about Joe Biden. They already found enough impeachable things, quite frankly, about him and Kamala Harris, but they're not going to play the impeachment card the way the left will. I said before, and I'll say it again, I guarantee at least two more impeachment votes, if not outright trials, in a second Trump term in 2024. Not saying I wouldn't be willing to withstand it, but I probably don't want to. Right? If you ask yourself, you don't want to. I hated going through all of that stuff. The last two times they did it, where they impeached him twice and tried to remove him post-presidency, which is even worse, to try to make sure he can't run again. But it's not something I think a lot of people relish the... uh you know the idea of doing again, having to defend that again. Just let let somebody who is Trump like, but without the Trump warts, like somebody like Ron DeSantis, who is, by the way, literally striking every chord beautifully down there in Florida. When it comes to COVID, when it comes to critical race theory, when it comes to trans uh, uh, athletes uh, ruining girls' sports. When it comes to, I mean, virtually everything. When it comes to uh, policies with the uh, cruise ships, you know, on uh, you know, telling them they can't require vaccinations, or else every time they ask for a proof of a, of a vaccination, they're gonna get they're gonna uh, receive a five thousand dollar fine. It made them change their policies. He is literally striking every chord beautifully, and I would love to see him continue to do so until uh, it's time to put him in office in twenty twenty four. Uh, good call. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Florida. Thomas, how about that? Maybe maybe Thomas is ready to elect Donald Trump to Congress in Florida, the way we talked about, and eventually to the speakership. <laughs> hey, Thomas, go ahead. Well, I'm I'm not in his district. But I'm I'm north northeast. Okay, northwest. I'm sorry. Um, I, I it doesn't matter if we have Trump or the Stantle. The Democrats, like you said earlier, they'll take. They took everybody apart. They took Bush apart. They're just being nice at the Santo now until he gets the power, and then they'll just go right after him. I mean, you know, no matter who gets in, the Republicans, we have to have control of Congress and the Senate and the presidency. Then we won't have to worry about none of this stuff. Well, you know, you're you're right. Obviously, if we look back at the way they treated Ronald Reagan, look at the way they treated George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush. Uh, yeah, they they have they have you know been unfair and tried to savage all of those in the past. But I think you agree, nothing like what they did to Trump. Trump withstood attacks unlike anything I've ever seen a human being have to go through. Simply, by the way, to do a job that he was not getting paid for. He literally surrendered control of his companies and lost billions in the process uh, while he was serving. Uh, Took no paycheck and everything else and and took all of that abuse for that. 
Um, I've never seen anything like it, and um, and quite frankly, I you know, uh, Ron DeSantis, yeah, he'd get treated the way they treated Reagan and the others, but uh, I, I don't think anybody generates the type of venom from the uh, uh, from the liberal media snake the way Donald Trump does. Well, I can, let me just tell you quick about Florida. It's, it's great because way before everybody else, people weren't wearing masks. Now it's about 95% no mask and about 5%. And it's the same silly people wearing a mask when they're walking by themselves or in a car. I can't understand these people. I, I mean, it just, you know, they just have stupidity, I guess. I don't know. They're so afraid of this virus that they're, they're going to wear a mask no matter what. Well, they're addicted to fear. I've said that before. They really are addicted to fear. Yeah. Many of them, anyway. Right, and I and I enjoy listening to you. Uh, it gives, I listen to you in the morning, so I can hear things about Cleveland, and then I'm done for the day, and I go back to my regular thing. But I retired down here after ten years, uh, after after thirty three years in the in the fire department in Cleveland. So. Oh, really? Well, God bless you. Thank yeah. you for your service as a first responder, Thomas. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Bob. All right, and thank All you for right. calling too. I you make sure you call back again. I love, yeah. uh, I love Florida. I love Florida, and I plan to retire there as well, my friend, uh, if I ever retire. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Gary in Olmstead Township next. Hi, Gary. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Uh, my choice is uh, is uh, Pence. Pence. Okay, that's going off the board. Tell yeah. me why. Uh, he'll make a wonderful dog uh, catcher. Oh, stop that now. That's that's just mean. I thought you were... I got to tell you, I, I like Mike Pence. I liked him when he was the governor of Indiana. I liked him when he was the vice president of the United States, and I like him now. I know a lot of people feel like somehow he turned on President Trump. I don't think he did. I think he did what he was constitutionally obligated to do. Uh, but do I want him to be a vice president again if Trump were to run again? No, I don't. I think that... I think that has served its purpose the best it can. But I don't think Mike Pence's career is over by a long shot. Oh, I do. I do. I think he's a, he's in the graveyard, no doubt about it. He could, okay. And I say that he could not be elected dog catcher if he wanted to. Well, it depends on what depends on where he depends on where he ran, I think. But as it, as it goes to the to the actual presidential straw poll here, who would you really choose? Uh, DeSantis. Tell me why. And don't forget, you know, I was um the day after uh, he walked down his staircase, I contacted the uh, the p- person who is now running the campaign. His name was Rob Scott for uh, uh, Trump. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I was one of the first ones to really come out on your radio show. And uh, I became uh, selected as a voting delegate for him. Oh, wow. And I think... Uh, yeah, I was a so you obviously have a lot of affinity for Trump. So why why DeSantis? Do you say no? I love him, but here's the problem. Okay, um, he made some very. I don't know if he learned from the mistakes that that he made. I, I'm not. I don't think so. You know, he uh, he brought in a lot of people from the swamp uh, to work in very very important positions, and I never got that for the life of me. I mean, instead of coming here and uh, uh, maybe uh, asking uh, Peter Kearsall to, you know, serve as a, a federal judge or, or work in the administration, something like that, it, it never happened. And uh, that, those are the sad things. He needed to reach way, way out instead of, you know, within the uh, context of the swamp in Washington, D.C. I think in... 
You're right to a large extent, my friend. Um, I think, though, and thank you for the phone call. I'm going to let you go here so we can get to our break. Um, when he made his initial cabinet selections, I remember being on these airwaves and cheering. It sounded like a conservative all-star lineup. I remember being thrilled with his choice for attorney general. I remember being thrilled with his choice for secretary of state. I remember being thrilled with his choice for U.N. ambassador. I remember being thrilled with the defense secretary. Uh, you know, all of the thing, you know, we talked about this tremendous sessions and Mattis and Haley and this. And come to find out, um, he made some really poor decisions. Is his there were errors in judgment that I don't know if they belong to him or other staff members and advisors, but he made some really poor decisions and had to replace far too many key members of his cabinet during his term for my liking. And not that I wanted them to stay on if they were bad. I wanted them to go, but I wish wish he hadn't picked the bad you know, made the bad selections to begin with. So I think if he is to mount a comeback in 2024, he's going to need to have learned from those mistakes. Um, He didn't choose a lot of swamp people that he knew were swamp people. He chose people that I think he trusted that ended up to be, you know, ended up being more swamp dwellers than he ever thought. So from that standpoint, he's got to do a better job of choosing uh, people to represent him and to work with him and to advise him and to run their various departments of the country. Thank you. Great phone call. we got time for a couple more right after this as we wrap it up on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 10.56, just enough time to wrap it up. On AM 1420, the answer. I didn't get a ton of time to talk about the Senate uh, bill today that they're taking up, the voting rights bill. The Democrats need a whole bunch of Republicans to go along with them to uh, to federalize the elections. This is just to begin debate on the bill, by the way. Uh, it's going to get crushed, uh, but here's the report. The battle over how Americans should vote faces a procedural hurdle today, and Democrats aren't expected to clear it. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says the For the People Act is needed to combat Republican state voting laws. They have launched the most sweeping voter suppression efforts in at least, in at least 80 years. Minority leader Mitch McConnell. The real driving force behind S-1 is a desire to rig the rules of American elections permanently, permanently in Democrats' favor. Republicans will filibuster the bill, which would require states to hold two weeks of early voting and automatically register people to vote at the White House. So, you know, listening to Chuck Schumer continue the lies, and we expect them to do that. Um, that's desperation. That, my friends, is the sound of desperation. It has been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that every Republican-led or red state that has been changing their voting laws since November 3rd or strengthening their voting laws have done so with the intention of making it easier to vote. And Georgia is the most glaring example of that. It's easier to vote in Georgia now than it was before. But it also requires people to be... 
uh, responsible for identifying who they are and not collecting and, and gathering and harvesting ballots and using uh, unmanned or untended drop boxes to put them all in and to send out unlimited mailings and so on and so forth. But it has been proven side by side when you look at early voting, when you look at absentee voting, when you look at uh, hours of in-person voting and all the rest of the various things that you look at, side by side, for example, Georgia is more available for voting than Colorado is. And Major League Baseball, in its infinite stupidity, moved the All-Star game from Georgia to Colorado to punish Georgia for passing a law that is not as restrict as that in Colorado. Think about that just for a moment. But what they want to do is nationalize the elections. That's just the bottom line. And that cannot be allowed. It simply cannot be allowed. It's what the founding... I once thought about that. When the Republicans are in power, I'm thinking, let's nationalize the election so the Democrats can't play these ridiculous games that they did in Michigan and in Arizona and in all the other states that had all of these questions and these these, uh, irregularities. We should federalize the elections, but that's only if the Republicans are in power because then they'll all be fair. If the Democrats are in power and you have federalized elections... Now we're all screwed. So today's important vote, an important vote. We'll analyze that and break it down tomorrow when Curse and I rejoins us on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks to my guests. Have a great day. Bye-bye.